Hi, I'm Rain Phoenix. Welcome to Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism, a podcast, a label, a launchpad for left of center artists. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Today's very special guest is Ephraim Eels, coming to us from Los Feliz, California. Welcome him to the show. Hi, E from Eels. Hello. How are you? Welcome to Launch Left. I'm great. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you uh, listen to your new record. Quite a triumph. There are some heartbreak songs on there, but there's this like sardonic nature about them that makes it feel okay. I think it's the third song. It's a song about writing songs, I guess, which is something like uh, music managers would probably say, don't do that. No one can relate to that because not everybody's a songwriter, but I figured it was okay because when it says, uh, uh, um, or are you someone who doesn't deserve a song, the, the listener who's not a songwriter, which is most of us, can inject their, do you deserve all my love and attention and time instead of, you know, my writing a song about you. So I think it kind of worked. And that, that was based on, a. not all my songs are autobiographical. I think often they are assumed to be autobiographical because my favorite way to tell a story is in the first person. And so if you hear, I did this and I did that, it's easy to assume that it's autobiography, but probably about half of them are. And that one is from, from a real life situation where I had written another song that may or may not be on the same album that, and then later the situation didn't, pan out the way I was hoping. And I wrote this that song called um, Who You Say You Are as a, as a result. Very cool. Well, the, the sounds and the melodies and really beautiful. How was that to put out a record in 2020? Well, there was a lot of discussion. Uh, should we wait until we can go on tour to put the record out, uh, which is the normal thing that, that you would do, I guess. And I just thought, well, people still need music just because we can't tour and maybe now they need it more than ever. And we've got some new music, so let's just put it out. And I'm always up for a, an experiment. I do a lot of crazy experiments. One year I put three records out in one year. Uh, I like to learn the hard way, I guess. I don't think I would do that again. <laughs> and what, you know, would I put another album out during a pandemic? Maybe. Cause it, in, in a way it felt like, you know, all the songs on this album, except one were recorded before the pandemic. And I thought, hmm, maybe this is gonna seem sort of like the wrong time to put it out, but it sort of felt perfect. Like like it just felt kind of comforting and like just like it was actually probably released at right the right time. Like I feel like I got kind of lucky with this experiment, maybe. I agree with you. And I also don't think anything's really very normal anymore. I think everybody's trying to figure out, right, and what's best for them. I'm glad you chose putting out new music. Once I'm done with something, I just want, want to get rid of it and get on to the next thing. Um, and you're you're on West Coast too, right? You're on the in, in Los Angeles based? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Los Feliz. Have you always been um, an L.A. person? or? No, I, I grew up in Virginia and I drove across the country when I was 24, I think. And uh, when I look back on it, it was crazy because I didn't have any, I didn't know anybody in California at all. And I just kind of got sick of Virginia and said, I'm just going to go out there and see what happens. And it's just amazing to look back and see that something happened. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Something wonderful happened. You were, you were fated to come this way. There was some celestial 
happenstance maybe that called you, which brings me to, and it shouldn't because it's a total non sequitur. How did music find you originally? There was always musical instruments around the house. It really started for me when I was six. My next door neighbors had a uh, garage sale and they had a little toy drum set uh, that was for sale for $15. And I really, really wanted it. And I begged my mom for the $15. And unfortunately for her, she consented. And most kids, you know, they play around with something like that for a week and lose interest. But I played drums every day in the house for 10 years without fail. That, and then that led to like tinkering around on my mom's upright piano. And then eventually someone gave my sister an acoustic guitar that she lost interest in. And I took a great interest in. And when do you think you uh, first wrote a Like, how did you connect that, the, the, the sort of wonder and learning an instrument to actually songwriting? Was that much later? or No, it was pretty early. Like when I was still in elementary school, like uh, probably like sixth grade, I had my first girlfriend and I started writing songs about her on my mom's piano. That's really adorable. You, were, you, you didn't really come from a musical family, but your mom had a piano or were they also very musical? Um, my mom was like, you know, like to sing in church or whatever. Like she wasn't religious. She went to church for the music. So she liked music that much. But the, the real positive influence I had was my sister, who was my only sibling, was six years older than me. She was into a lot of great music and was constantly playing records that were a, a great influence. And it was at a time when there was so much great stuff coming out. <clears throat> I, 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 can, I concur. That happened with me. I had an older brother and he it was similarly an interesting time in music. And at least he had a sort of indie ear about it. It was the 80s. It was the late 80s. And, but he was really into like weirdo stuff that was harder to find. So I got to yeah. have a little bit of both. And I love that, that I got both, you know. Yeah, I'm so thankful for it because if it, if I hadn't had a sister that was six years older than me, I would have only had the influences of the other kids my age, which, which were not nearly as, as good. Well, how have you been feeling? Just curious how people are doing because it's kind of a weird world right now. Uh, you know, I'm pretty used to it at this point. I'm one of the lucky people where it's not that different than my usual lifestyle. Anyway, I work at home. And I live a pretty reclusive lifestyle. But even for people like me, it's getting old, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is the this is the fourth time I've cut my own hair. It's getting, you know, like just the idea of going to get someone else to cut my hair seems like an exotic thrill at this point. My hair used to be like a stylish mental patient haircut. Now it's a, it looks like an actual mental patient did it. It's hard to do. Like when you're looking in the mirror, you're you want to do the opposite of what you see. Right. Really Every time I do it, it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, I gave up. I just wear a hat. Yeah, I do that a lot too. Interestingly enough, in this time where everyone is isolated, obviously the the laptop connects us, right? For some people, it feels like shouting in a void or your opinions in a feedback loop, you know, for the people who agree with you and you're not coming up against real other people. You know, it, all of us musical artists know what it's like to, you know, get something other than praise every time you post anything on any social media you get all sorts of you know comments and uh, from people that uh, aren't happy with what you did or whatever so uh, we get plenty of everything but it's you know I, I what I hate about it all is it's just like it just feels so sterile it's like so depressing all the 
you know, the, the only way people can perform live right now is, you know, like with a, like this, you know, this is fine for this kind of thing, but for, you know, for performing, I find it really depressing that it's, you know, on a, a zoom call and, you know, and if for the band to get together, you know, my, most of my band lives in Portland. So the only thing we can do is, you know, the split screen four ways where there's, you know, each of us at our own houses playing and, you know, it's just, it's not much fun. Can't wait to get out there. That part of it, like being isolated from the physical connection of energy because we're all made of energy and certainly as a performer you know that feeling when you're the performer and the audience it's a symbiotic relationship right where it's an energetic exchange going on um and that idea of having to do it through the internet it, yeah. it's it seems a little harder to connect i'm all about being with the audience like you know most singers these days use in-ear monitors and I tried it and I just hated it because it takes you out of the room. You're not in the room anymore. You, all you hear is yourself and then silence, you know, and I need to feel like I'm in the room. I want to, I want to hear the people sweating. I want to hear every little, little noise, you know, we, and we're not like those bands that come out and say, you know, have an announcement that says, please turn your cell phones off. We had one tour. We actually had an announcement before we came on and said, please turn your cell phones on. We just, you know, we just want everybody to have fun. We're not going to, no one's going to win the battle of the cell phones at a concert now. It's, you know, that, that ship has sailed. So just let people do what they're going to do. I mean, I, I do agree with the guys that think it's not the greatest thing to have everyone looking through their cell phones because like they're missing actually experiencing it on, on one level, but whatever, we're not going to win that battle. So I just want to have fun. Your music is definitely something that, to me, creates a lot of like happy feelings, even though you're talking about very sad things at times. Like, it has a good, uh, buoyant, kind of joyful sound, you know? Um, have you always been like into collaboration, or are you pretty much like you write the songs and then you bring in people to play? How does your process work? A lot of times it is very collaborative. This album in particular is very collaborative. Most of the songs I wrote with guys in the band. There's only a couple, I think, that I wrote by myself on this one. I love collaborating because, you know, I love, it's exciting to get something that you wouldn't get out of yourself, you know. I already am romantic about live performance the way that it was last year. I was on tour this time last year, Do you know, like... I can't believe that that's gone this year. And I know it will come back to some extent, but will the venues be there? And right. how many will be shut? And and mm. will there be some weird protocol about being together that's no longer that free? Right. You know, like they, I get a bit dystopian, but I also am always trying to yeah. figure out what, what, what that might lead to. And I love to find out from artists, like if they're thinking about those things or what yeah. their opinions are and just get a bit science fiction on the show. Well, I, you know, I'm really, uh, I have a positive outlook about it all in the long run. It's just a matter of getting through what could be a long, tough time, which already has been. But, you know, I think if you look back on history, there's always been periods where people are like, God, this is the worst year in history. And eventually it always got better. So, I don't see why this will be any exception. I, I, I definitely do believe things will get better. And a lot of the stuff that's happened this year that, you know, was hard 
the social upheaval and all that is is great because that's going to change stuff and it's going to make things better in the future. So, you know, we're just in the hard part right now. Yeah. You know, I usually ask the question, what is your form of activism? I mean, mostly I think of like what I'm doing with music is first I'm trying to help myself. And then this other great thing happens where sometimes it helps other people. And I feel like that's sort of my main mission outside of what I'm doing for myself. I don't get political in my music really very much at all because it's just not my cup of tea musically. And I don't think I'm someone who'd be very good at it. And I also don't feel like I deserve to be that kind of voice in a lot of areas. When I was a teenager in Virginia, I, I wrote a whole album, you know, didn't come out of course, cause you know, I was a teenager and I was just making these four track tapes, but I would make albums. I made this whole album. You know, we, we lived in this very white suburb that was built right next to the old black neighborhood in Virginia. And I wrote this whole like concept album about the old black neighborhood as if I was an authority on it, you know, and, and, you know, the songs were terrible and it was, you know, my heart was in the right place, but I kind of learned from that. Um, I'm not the best voice for some things. It, it is therapy for others too. Like you might be writing a song as it helps you, but it, inevitably it helps others. And that's, that is a form of caring, whether you mean to or not. <laughs> it's like, it's awesome. Um, what about other artists that influence you? You know, when my older sister was, playing all those great records when I was a little kid, they, they led me to so many other artists. And I was the kind of kid that would just get obsessed with an artist and I would want to hear everything they did and learn everything about them. And so every year that was changing and it, and it just all mashed up into, a, you know, a million different influences. But, you know, of course I have a, a lot of heroes and most of my heroes are, you know, on the top of a lot of people's, hero lists and kind of obvious. Mm -hmm. And then what about uh, music that you're listening to now? Are there any artists that our listeners should know about that you think are doing cool things out there? Um, There's a lot of good stuff going on now that I've heard. I don't hear a lot of music, but when I, I've heard a lot of good stuff in the past couple of years that I, I like a lot. I like, uh, have you heard this woman, Margaret Glaspie? She's great. Check her out. Really good songwriter. Um, well, uh, the Dirty Projectors, I like yeah. a lot. Really inventive, like a really original. And yeah. um, I like Michael Kiwanuka. All right. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you would like to um, share about your music or your life or anything? Well, I'm, I'm speaking to you here from my studio in Los Feliz. This is the control room I'm in, which is up in the attic. And I live here too now, and uh, I share it with my three and a half year old son. And so a lot of it has been overtaken with toys. Like downstairs, with a used to be our live performance room, is just covered in toys. Like you, you can't find you can't find a guitar amp if you try. Thank you so much for your time and and. Uh... And just your music, really. It's a beautiful record. I'm so glad you decided to put it out in 2020. It's, oh, it's important. Thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That makes my day. Hi, everybody. This is E from the Eels. I cut my own hair for the fourth time, as you can see. And we're about to watch our new video starring a little-known actor who once played a fictional character named Don Draper. This is Are We All Right Again? Are we? Maybe not yet. But I think we're getting there. 
Launchleft aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launchleft begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. <laughs> 